Man, I want to tell y'all something, man. Man, I'm not going to let these material things get in my way, y'all. I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. Father God, I am clay in your hands. Help me to stay that way through all life's demands. Because they chip and they nag and they pull at me. And every little thing I make up my mind to be. Like I'm going to be a daddy who's in the mix. I'ma be a husband who stays legit And I pray that I'm an artist who rises above The road that is wide and filled with self-love Everything that I see draws me Though it's only in you that I can truly see That it's a piece full of eyes, a low blow to purpose And I'm a little kid at a three-ring circus I don't Say they think that it's you, but they don't know that who you are is not what you do. True, we get it twisted when we peek at the charts. Yo, before we part from the start, what's your heart? You a Hustler, tell me what's your title? America has no more stars, now we call them idols. You said idol, while we teach prosperity, the first thing to prosper should be inside me. Not because of 22 is on the range, but Christ came in range. We said yes, now we change. Not the same, even though I met a fall. As I got that call, no more song, now I'm all. Yep.
Welcome back to Challenges of Faith radio program. I'm Gary McCann. Thank you for joining. I'd like to acknowledge God and our listeners over in Zimbabwe, Kenya, Nigeria, Romania, Cameroon, France, Philippines, Canada, UK, Japan, and of course here in the States. It was a cold winter's day that Sunday. The parking lot to the church was filling up quickly. I noticed as I got out of my car that fellow church members were whispering among themselves as they walked to the church. As I got closer, I saw a man leaned up against the wall outside the church. He was almost lying down as if he was asleep. He had on a long trench coat that was almost in shreds. And a hat topped his head, pulled down so you could not see his face. He wore shoes that looked 30 years old, too small for his feet, with holes all over them. His toes stuck out. I assumed this man was homeless and asleep, thrown through the doors of the church. We all gathered for fellowship for a few minutes, and someone brought up the man lying outside. People snickered and gossiped, but no one bothered to ask him to come in, including me. A few moments later, church began. We all waited for the pastor to take his place and to give us the word. When the doors to the church opened, in came the homeless man walking down the aisle with his head down. People gasped and whispered and made faces. He made his way and up until the pulpit. He took off his hat and coat. My heart sank. There stood our pastor. He was the homeless man. No one said a word. The pastor took his Bible and laid it on the stand. People, I don't think I have to tell you what I'm preaching about today. Listeners, That's exactly what we want to talk about that's occurring in the United States. But look at your country or your country or your country as well. I had a chance to um, speak to a young adult who passing judgment on the outward appearance of individuals who may have been homeless. And I share with them that everybody, unless you're wealthy, but including them, is one step away from being homeless. I'm reminded when I was in the corporate world, a guy who owned banks and Mayerfield, newspaper companies, pharmaceutical companies, you name it. I remember being up in New York. And at that time, they had a disagreement, he and his wife, 
And I said to him on his yacht, you're homeless. So what do you mean I'm homeless? You're without your home tonight. You don't have a home to go to tonight. That's homeless. But that's a different type of what we're talking about today. Did you hear about Colorado Church suing the city for opposing this sheltering of the homeless? Did you hear about an Ohio pastor that was arraigned in municipal court after being hit with 18 zoning law violation charges related to keeping his church open around the clock to house the homeless. Elon Musk goes after the governor, Maury, Mara Healy, over using private homes to house homeless. The eccentric billionaire posted a message highlighting Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll's call to those with an extra room in their home to consider hosting a homeless family. State-run shelters started to overflow amid an influx of migrants, crushing housing costs in Massachusetts. They've run out of hotel rooms or kicking kids out of school for illegal housing, and now they want your homes too, must said in a social media post that garnered more than 24 million impressions at the time. Think about those various stories before I head toward the next one. Individuals in the country, already homeless. A lot of the homeless was kicked out to make room for individuals who came to the United States, not the proper way, who happen to be homeless as well. Shocking moment. Fight breaks out between three homeless men, leaving one dead and one critical in San Diego an area plagued by encampments, homeless encampments. How did we get there? You know, I was told I was naive when I was working the executive protection world. I was assigned to a politician and I said, you know, and I identified the wealthy persons of my community, just using them as an example. I said, you know, such and such, with all the millions they have, and at the time it was $300 million individuals in the United States reported. I said, if such and such give each person $1 million, that would eradicate people being homeless. You didn't hear me say eradicate being poor. 
Our Savior said, the poor we will always have with us, but not him, paraphrasing. I said, now, if they gave a million to each person, they could probably write that up on taxes. And and they got all these millions and millions and millions left over. Well, the elected official went on to educate me. And I understood and heard very clearly. But I still didn't answer my question, especially when individuals are walking around talking about, I care, I love you, and they have the means without losing anything. According to the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, are you ready? You sure? All right. Well, let's go toward it. Homelessness is deadly. People who experience homelessness die nearly 30 years earlier than the average American. Puts them at 50 years of age. And at the average age that Americans died in 1900, which was 77 years of age. So think about that. The individual that's experiencing homelessness out there, they're dying nearly 30 years earlier. So you're talking about from 50 when it was at one time 77. It continues to say that given the pervasiveness of homelessness, most Americans often unknowingly have friends, family, co-workers, or neighbors who are experiencing homelessness today, who have experienced homelessness at some point in their lives. So the question continues to be asked, how many people experience homelessness in the United States? And that's not counting. That's not counting. The individuals who have come undocumented. 1.25 million experienced sheltered homelessness at some point in 2020. Now, you know it's 2024. But it was the last year for which complete annual HUD data are available. You know, housing, urban, and development. 1.29 million people experiencing homelessness served by the health center program administered by the Health Resources and Services Administration within HHS, including health care for the homeless programs, according to 2020 HHS data. One point twenty eight million students, not including their parents or siblings, not enrolled in K through twelve schools, experienced some form of homelessness during the two thousand nineteen through two thousand twenty school year, according to the Department of Education data. Five hundred eighty two thousand four hundred and sixty two experienced homelessness in a single night 
in January of 2022, a 34% increase from 2020, according to HUD's annual point-in-time count. While homelessness impacts people of all ages, races, portionally impacts some groups and populations, Compared to the portion of the United States population they make up, people of color, for instance, are overrepresented in the population experience homelessness. Why is that? That's my question. That's my first question. Now, you you heard the series I did, 1 through 20, as it relates to my community. Remember, I always start with my community, your community. Our Savior started with his his own community first. And I went back to slavery, did the population and came up to today. Did the jobs, the education, the health, all of that. So why are people of color still overrepresented in the population? Now we're talking about experiencing homelessness. And the politicians wonder why, what? Because when you start to examine people's lips and they matching their shoes, you know, a relationship. And think about the individuals in a relationship that you do know. Romantic, friends, so-called friends, brethren, whether in the pews behind the pulpit, you know, relatives, you name it. So when you go out here and you're coming in contact with individuals that you don't even know with titles, criminal justice, medical, sociology, education, political, and people are getting their positions based upon what they're saying out of their lips, but it's not matching. And the question again, why is that? The disproportionate impact of homelessness, non-Hispanic white, 50%, non-Hispanic white, 50%, 61.6%, non-Hispanic black, 37.4%, black, 12.4%, multiple races, 62.2%. American India, 3.4%. Alaska Native, 12%. Native Hawaiian and others, 1.7%. Asian, 1.4%. Think about that. People with pre-existing health issues are also more likely to experience homelessness, particularly unsheltered. And they are up to seven times more likely to lack health insurance, while rates of homelessness for people with severe mental health with substance issues are high. The majority of people experiencing homelessness have neither a severe mental health nor substance use issue. Furthermore, the large majority of Americans with mental health and substance use issues do not experience homelessness. According to the U.S. Department of HUD 2023 Continuum of Care Homeless Assistance Program, 
homeless populations and subpopulations. It lays out the data, and it's really quite clear. Wow. It breaks it down from 18 to 24, 25 to 34, 35 to 44, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, and over age 64. Wow. Continues to talk about persons in the household without children, the unsheltered. And the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this with you in this manner is so that, again, you do your own independent research. Grab the data. Look at that. Here in the United States, it breaks down the demographic, transitional housing, the unsheltered, the emergency shelter. Again, broken down by black or African-American, white, Asian. According to the National Center for Homeless Education, University of North Carolina at Greensboro. It talks about the student homelessness in America from the school years of 2018 to 2019 to 2020 and 21. It even goes and break it down as it relates to kindergarten to 12, as it relates to students experiencing homelessness. In the United States, why is that? You know, when you look in the Word of God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, showed us how to care for the vulnerable and marginalized individuals. And when you really ponder the verses, you have an alternative but to to pray for the children and the families and the communities that are in need. And so when you keep your head in the Word and you look at, for example, Matthew chapter 26, verse 11, and here our Savior corrects those with good motives. You see how that his response is not harsh, but it's kind of teaching because he's letting individuals know that, again, as I alluded to earlier, that they're always going to have the poor with them and that you're never going to lack an opportunity to help those who are in need. And when you go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, and Luke chapter 9, verse 58, it, it records a statement by Jesus in which he describes his homelessness by saying that foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. And so when you look at that, then you have an idea that Jesus had nowhere to lay his head because it comes from a conversation that you can find recorded in the book of Matthew and again in the book of Luke. And here our Savior is talking to a scribe, an attorney who, who wished to follow him and become a disciple. And again, when you read it, you see how that scribe is boasting. You know, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, 
But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So here you got this scribe coming out of the lips after the Savior let it be known that there's a cost, C-O-S-T, to follow him. And since that scribe said he wanted to follow Jesus wherever he went, he wasn't considering the lifestyle that Jesus had led. Because when you look at our Savior's sojourn, he was functionally homeless. And when you continue to look, you see that he and his disciples stayed in the homes of those who would take them in. Like over in Luke chapter 10, verse 6 through 8, scribes themselves were among the wealthier citizens. So it was this, uh, it was this if, if our Savior was letting them know, are you sure you want to be homeless with me? Because even the animals have a place to stay. As he, When he talked about foxes have holes and birds have nests. Because he's letting him know that he had nowhere to lay his head. He wanted that scribe. He wants you and I to truly count the cost of what he was proposing. And it's always wise to do that, you know, count the cost. And that's why I try to hopefully encourage whether it's pew members or individuals behind the pulpit, you know, especially behind the pulpit, you know, tell the people what the cost is. It's nice to say, you know, come to accept Jesus Christ. You know, everything is not going to be fine. There's a cost. But when you look at what was happening, you had a lot of followers of Jesus Christ. They expected that, you know, that he would come back and set up his kingdom because they wanted to be on the winning side to partake of the glorious victory. And you can see that over in Luke chapter 19, verse 11. So the scribe that we're talking about in Matthew chapter 8, he was probably looking to follow Jesus straight into the kingdom where he would share and rule in the world. But our Savior wanted the scribe to understand that to follow him it's not to find earthly glory. It's to share in earthly suffering. There's no golden throne awaiting his disciples, but only privation and poverty. So the king was homeless. And the fact that our Savior had nowhere to lay his head doesn't mean that every believer of the household of faith today, Christian, is called to live a life of poverty or forsake family and friends. Because even in Jesus' day, some of his followers was wealthy, like Joseph, Barmathea. You can see that with Matthew chapter 27, verse 57. But now on the flip side, every believer should be willing to forsake all because every believer is called to give up any idol, especially if it's a love of money or love of materialism or love of titles that stands in the way of following Christ with all your heart. Because reality says each of us knows what the thing is that we have first in our life and how challenging it is to say goodbye. But we also know that in the end, the heart that loves Christ is going to lay aside that which is competing with this love. And that's irrespective of the real pain of laying it aside. You know it's true. But the question is, don't you want to be real and following our Savior? I know you do. So you can look in the scripture and find many verses as relates to the poor and the homeless. 
But understand, don't try to mix it up. Understand what our Savior is talking about. Now, with that understanding, let's come back to what we've been talking about. Why is there so much homelessness in this rich country? Why is that? Well, I know there's somebody out there got the answer. I know you do. Well, upcoming on Challenges of Faith radio program, Sunday, 8 a.m., what's this good news you're talking about? 6 p.m., author Byron Demery discuss how he has grown as a man, a husband, and a father. Can't wait for that interview. In the meantime, do not fear, for I am with you. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. God is always with us. Always. Even when you've fallen down, he's still there waiting for you to call out to him so he can help you get up. Oh, I feel good. I feel good. Let me see the hand in here tonight that know that God can still work miracles. Yeah, get him up over this building. Now, while you got him up, I just need the hand, I just need to see the hand of those that know that you know God worked a miracle in your life. Just wave him in there. Come on, come on, all over this building. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, while you got him up. I just want you to reach over and just catch somebody by the hand and just name one little miracle that God did for you. Come on. And just begin to praise them all over this place tonight. Come on, praise Come on, praise Come on and praise You know God brought you through. If you know God brought you through, see, you can be a witness when I look up and say this. God will deliver. And if you it all time, I feel good up in here, y'all. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Lord, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Somebody been delivered up here. Somebody go get a some guy, somebody go get a breakthrough. Oh yeah. Listen, listen, listen. 
getting ready to name a few things that God did for Mary. And if anybody can relate to or identify with any of these things, I want you to get up out your seat. And when you get up, I want you to bring somebody up with you. Catch somebody by the hand and bring somebody up with you. But if God ain't never done none of these things for you, I just want you to stay there, sit there, fold your arms, and act all cute and sophisticated. And watch us Holy Ghost folks get ready to go crazy up in your praising God. Can anybody relate to this? He put food on my table. Somebody sitting there like God ain't never fed you. Just as fat as you want to be. Close on my back. Oh, that's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did. Anybody ever been broke? I'm talking about down to your last time, bro. Didn't know how you was gonna make it through the next day. But I just need to, I just need to ask somebody up in this building tonight. When you were at the end of your rope, didn't God pay your bills for you? When you didn't have money, in your pocket. Anybody ever been sick? Reverend Chief, I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever been real sick? I'm not, not talking about that Tylenol headache sick. I'm talking about in the hospital, didn't know it, didn't know where you were. Pain in your body. Woo. Didn't know you were gonna make it through the next day, but some way, somehow, when the doctors fail, when medicine fails, I need to know it. I need to know if we got any saints in, in this building that know anything about God stepping in your sick room. And when one touch of his healing hand, he heals
If you got anything to thank him for, if you got anything to testify about, if you got anything to give him the glory for, if you got anything to give him the praise for, I just want you to get up on your feet on the count of three. I just want you to jump up and give somebody a big hug. Oh, I give him a big Holy Ghost praise. Look at somebody and tell him, if you don't feel like praising him, look at somebody and tell him, if you don't feel like praising him, look at him and tell him, Jump up and front. 